Hello, everyone. Um, before we start the show, I would really like to make an apology. I was listening to last week's episode as I was editing and realized that I missed, I missed an opportunity to call something out, a perfect moment to call something out. And it, was, it had me screaming at my computer. It had me texting Shannon and letting her know that I made this mistake. But while discussing the scent of a frog, I said, oh, de frog, when really, my friends, I should have said, oh, de toad. And it makes me so mad <laughs> that I did not. It was the perfect, perfect, perfect pun perfect joke. I understand that toads and frogs are different animals. Do not come at me. However, please acknowledge that that I deeply regret it. And welcome to this podcast doesn't exist. Merry Christmas. I'm (laughs) Shannon. That's Emma. And welcome to the show. (laughs) Happy holidays. (laughs) It was wild, y'all. Genuinely, I was sitting there editing through things and I was like, I'm so mad at past me i th- i genuinely thought about putting a like insert of myself just going oh the toad oh the toad if you haven't listened to last week's episode i'm so sorry but uh that <laughs> it's okay i forgive you Thanks. the audience forgives you oh thank and you. in the spirit of the holiday season holiday of for- season forgiveness and love and uh trying to do better yeah because that's that's all we can do my friends it's true and you better be trying to be better because uh grilla the christmas witch is coming your way again for a repost so much licking um, you know we're we're enjoying the holiday season holiday as well holiday season <laughs> so <laughs> enjoy the christmas present to this ourselves throwback from last year nope <laughs> it was almost from two years ago now. two years ago yeah and enjoy we love you and again i'm so sorry please don't cancel us please don't cancel me all right i love you all (laughs) bye bye (laughs) happy holidays (laughs) we really set ourselves up for failure with this whole (laughs) theme music thing didn't we right we should have waited for liam no That's a, this low quality content will make it whatever he makes like better. That's true. <laughs> Seem better by comparison. It's hard. Well, it's like <laughs> we don't practice them. No. So I'm like, do I just try and do it by myself, or do I like tell you what kind of beat to drop? <laughs> okay, think like Mary, like Christmas, like ding 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 ding, but ding. not like creepy. Oh, I didn't realize that was creepy. <laughs> More like the like, like bouncy, like this podcast doesn't exist. No, it doesn't. It doesn't exist. That was good. Good job, team. Uh, hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to a very festive episode of this podcast, Doesn't Exist. We're two best friends. We won't be spending actual Christmas together, but we're here in spirit age uh, talking about stuff 
that could be creepy, could be unsolved, could be mysterious. <laughs> if you want any of those or all of those, you can find our previous episodes, our social media, our send us a note page, all at our website, which is this podcast doesn't exist.com. Dot com. Thank you. Great. And let me tell you, you will want to go look at our Instagram for the pictures for today. Oh. I think uh, will be important. So, if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, thanks so much. I mean, for a lot of people, there's a lot going on because it's Christmas Eve. Yep. Very exciting. We love that. So I just want to say to all of our listeners and to Emma, Merry Christmas, witches. Thank you. Literally. (gasps) Trolls, cats, and witches, oh my. Oh, you're so good at this. Today we're talking about Gorilla the Christmas Witch. Ah! Okay, so first we're going to talk about the lady, and then when I put in parentheses I put, eh? The lady, eh? Herself. In Iceland, the large winter holiday is called Jól, which is a version of the Old English and Old Germanic word for Yule. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. In addition to focusing on the coming together of family and friends, feasting, and Thanksgiving, all characteristics of modern Christmas, the Icelandic tradition also includes a whole host of supernatural beings. Mm. The earliest celebrations of the season were viewed as a time not only to bring together relatives, living and deceased, but also elves, trolls, and other magical and spooky creatures believed to inhabit the landscape. Sometimes these figures would visit in the flesh as masked figures going around to farms and houses during the season. Grilla, whose name means growler... (laughs) is a mythical being of Icelandic origins. She is said to be a monster, a giantess, a witch, and or an ogress who lives up in the mountains. Some say she has a horned tail. Ooh. Perhaps many tails, according to different sources and different poems. Others describe eyes in the back of her head, ears that hang so long that they hit her in the nose, a matted beard... Blackened teeth and hooves. Do your ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Do they hit you in the nose? (laughs) (laughs) All of these stories, however, agree on one point. She is very, very ugly. I mean, eyes in the back of your head. uh, How many ever tails that she might have. Blackened teeth. I think I might agree that she's at least needing a little bit of upkeep. At least with the blackened teeth. All the other things you, you know, can't change. You know, that's the dentist. Uh, a dentist? A dentist. Those are the words the I'm trying to say. The bone shaman help you. Yeah. She also has a very sharp sense of hearing, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. Mm. So, <laughs> she has an entry on a website called The Villains Wiki. Ooh, that sounds like um, a fun place. And her type of villain categorization is seasonal monster. (laughs) 
Her whole profile is really funny, so I took a screenshot. That's great. And it's in it's in the on the Instagram. She's a seasonal monster, just like a seasonal candle. Yeah, <laughs> in body works. Yep. So, like Santa, she's said to be able to detect poor behavior all year round. Oh, okay. Hence the really good hearing. Okay, she can hear you being bad. Mm. She is always hungry for the flesh of naughty children. Oh no! This is. <laughs> and will carry them off into the night in her sack, up to her mountain lair to boil them into a stew. Ew. She can only capture children who misbehave, but those who repent must be released. Oh, so if you're like, please, ma'am, I promise I won't do it again. Yeah, theoretically. She'd let you. She'll let you go. Mm. And then I have a little quote. Uh, you don't mess with Grilla, says Terry Gunnell, the head of the folklorists department at the University of Iceland. She rules the roost up in the mountains. Mm. Sounds like he has a crush on her. <laughs> I mean, Terry, I was thinking Terry was a woman, but oh, what do I, I know? I mean, she might have a crush on her. Maybe. Grilla is originally mentioned as being a giantess in the 13th century compilation of Norse mythology called Pros Eda, but no specific connection to Christmas is mentioned until the 17th century. Oh, co-opted. Tales of the Ogres began as oral accounts, with the earliest written references found in the 13th century in historic sagas and poems throughout the region. The oldest poems about Grilla describe her as a parasitic beggar who walks around asking parents to give her their disobedient children. Her plans can be thwarted by giving her food or chasing her away. Originally, she lives in a small cottage, but in later poems, she appears to have been forced out of town and into a faraway cave. Oh. One of these poems reads, Here comes Grilla down in the field with 15 tails on her. And yet another describes, Down comes Grilla from the outer fields with forty tails, a bag on her back, a sword, knife in her hand, come to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. That's so aggressive. I mean, I'm sure it sounds better in, in you know, like Icelandic, Slavic, you know, the That's original true, translation. Still, I feel like the meaning's still there. Yep. Forget Elf on the Shelf. <laughs> Grilla on the ceiling. Yeah. Grilla coming to get you. <laughs> we can also find Grilla's in the Faroe Islands and a closely related ogre in Ireland. And for those of you who, like me, didn't know, the Faroe Islands are a North Atlantic archipelago located 320 kilometers, 200 miles, north-northwest of Scotland, and about halfway between Norway and Iceland. Ooh. Like Greenland, it is an autonomous territory of the Kingdom of Denmark. I did not know that. Well, the more you know. All right, but back to back to our Grilla. Okay. At one point, she had a husband, <laughs> but he didn't stick around in the folklore for long. According to Gunnell, quote, she ate one of her husbands when she got bored with him. In some ways, she's the first feminist in Iceland. I mean, go for it, girl. 
Some sources actually list her as now being on to her third husband, though he is apparently quite lazy and just stays in their cave. I mean, if the first one got eaten just by being slightly annoying or boring, you know, you'd yeah. try and tiptoe. Yeah. Uh, Grilla did not get connected to Christmas until around the early 19th century, oh. when poems began to associate her with the holiday. Prior to this holiday commercialization, the witch was thought of as more of an embodiment of the winter season and all of the perils that come along with it. Oh, Some sense. versions of the tale actually place her as literally controlling the weather in the mountains and surrounding areas. Oh. So very powerful. Like an Icelandic Demeter. Yeah. Sure. Grilla, however, is not alone in her holiday mischief-making. She is, in fact, a monstrous mother to 13 troll-like children called the Yule Lads, ah! fathered by her third husband, so the current husband, Lepaludi? Question mark. We'll call him Lep. Lep. Good old Lep. <laughs> and then I wrote down a lol quote from Wikipedia. Quote, Grilla supposedly has dozens of children with her previous husbands, but they are rarely mentioned nowadays. <laughs> don't matter. They don't matter. Nope. The Yule... I mean, when you have a name as a group, like a boy band name as good as the Yule Lads... Yes. You're not gonna give that up. Yes. They are also sometimes referred to as Yuletide Lads or Yulemen. I like I, Yulemen. I, I still think Yule Lads is the best. Oh. Here come the Yule Lads. So if Icelandic children have been good, each of the Yule Lads will visit them, one per night, the 13 days leading up to Christmas, oh. and leave candy in the shoes that they leave on the windowsill. So sort of similar to like St. Nicholas Tag, St. Nicholas Tag in Germany and other places where you put out your shoe and you pick your biggest shoe in the hopes that you get lots of candy. But if you've been naughty, you get a shoe full of rotten potatoes. <laughs> and I really wonder if Icelandic parents use this as like a day-by-day -day behavior, you know, reinforcer for those 13 days. You know, people here have like Elf on the Shelf. Yeah. Like, I would definitely do that. Your kid just really like is so rude. You're like, tonight's a, a potato night. So then hopefully they shape up the rest of the... I would not, that feels like that's definitely what happened. I don't think that that's even speculation. Well, this is like current. This is something people do currently. Oh. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, it definitely happens that way. If you're Icelandic, please write in. The first mention of the Yule Lads can be found in the 17th century poem, Poem of Grilla. Early on, the number and depiction of the Yule Lads varied greatly depending on location. At, with each individual lad ranging from a mere prankster to a homicidal monster who eats children. <laughs> Real fun. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, like, the further out into the wilderness you got, like, the, the less friendly the, the Yule lad, like, legends were. I mean, that feels appropriate. Yeah, it checks out. Like, right? you don't want your kids, like, wandering off into the woods during the winter. But then in the late 18th century, a poem mentions that there are 13 of them, and that kind of, you know, consolidates them. In the mid-19th century, author Jan Arneson drew inspiration from the Brothers Grimm and began collecting folktales. Oh. 
1862 collection is the first mention of the names of the Yule Lads. In 1932, the poem, Yule Lads, was published as a part of the popular poetry book, Christmas is Coming, which is obviously the translated title, uh, by Icelandic poet Johannes Jörklutlum. The poem was popular and established what is now considered the canonical 13 Yule Lads, their names and their personalities. I love this. You may not love it when we get to their names, but we'll get there. (laughs) In the early days, the lads were used to frighten children into good behavior, similar to the boogeyman. Yeah. Allegedly, the king of Denmark objected to their use as a disciplinary tool. (laughs) I tried finding more information. I could not find any. But apparently the king of Denmark was not a fan of the Yule lads. Maybe he was scared by them as a kid. Maybe. Many of these sources that are written by, like, local people, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I as a child, I was terrified. My parents scared me. And I'm yep. Like, All right. Old stories describe monsters with little resemblance to humans, but by the 19th century, they had a, assumed a human form. Okay. When wealthy merchants began hosting public Christmas tree balls at the end of the 19th century... The Yule Lads had become friendly old men who brought treats. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, they're seen more like Snow White's dwarves, a group of 13 mischievous pranksters who steal from or harass the population and all have descriptive names that convey their favorite way of harassing. And then this whole section is the translated version, because I was not about to try and read all of these names. Christmas treat to yourself. Absolutely. Um, Yes. Uh, But this whole little section is from the Smithsonian. So, first we have Sheep Coat Claude, who tries to sneak up on sheep and suckle from them. Ew. That was... I thought he was going to scare them. (laughs) I mean, that would be frightening. Although the fact that you have to sneak up to them in order to do that makes sense to me. I would not want that. Yeah. Uh, Gully Gawk... He steals foam from buckets of cow milk. Stubby, he's short and steals food from frying pans. Okay, so so he's called Stubby because he's short. Got it. Spoon licker. (laughs) Hi, it's me. You'll never guess what he does. You like spoons? Puts them back in the drawer. (laughs) Pot scraper. He steals unwashed pots and licks them clean. Oh, that's actually kind of helpful. Thank you. Bowl liquor. No, okay. Uh, as far as the trend goes, I'm not liking this one. He steals bowls of food from under the bed. Back in the old days, Icelanders used to sometimes store bowls of food there. Convenient for midnight snacking? Question mark. I genuinely thought you said bowl, like a animal, a bowl liquor. Oh no! And I was a bowl. Like scared for cereal. Got it. Well, because we had the sheep one, so I was yeah. like, "Well, didn't yeah. feel far off." But yes, okay. Now the bowl thing. But I'm also now questioning why would you keep your bowl underneath your? Whatever. I don't know. Door slammer, <laughs> who stomps around and keeps everyone awake. Skier gobbler, like Icelandic yogurt is called. Oh, skier. skier. Um, sausage swiper. <laughs> <laughs> Window peeper. <laughs> Who likes to look at all the fun things that are happening inside at Christmas. 
Oh, and maybe steal some stuff. Oh, I was gonna say that one's a little innocent. No, it's not. Really, no. Door sniffer. <laughs> he has a huge nose and an insha- insatiable, an insatiable appetite for stolen baked goods. <laughs> just like meat hook. Oh God! They just keep getting better. He snatches up any meat that's left out, especially smoked lamb. And finally, candle beggar. He steals candles, which used to be sought-after items in Iceland. That, I think, I would like to be Spoon Licker, please. Tag yourself. I'm Tag Spoon yourself. Licker. Well, don't worry. I've got an image with all 13 of the lads. Oh, I'm so excited. And then I love this uh, little quote from Vice. When polled, the Icelandic people consistently rank, or rate, Kurtishnicker to be the most popular Yule lad, because he does not suck on animals, lick your belongings, or watch humans through their windows. <laughs> Kurtishnikker does like to stalk children and steal their candles, but considering the alternatives, maybe that's not so bad. Honestly. Kurtishnikker. Uh, he doesn't, doesn't lick their belongings. There's so much licking happening. <laughs> I just like the idea of, what, mine, what, mine. I just, uh... So the Yule Lads arrive over the course of the last 13 nights before Christmas, beginning on the 12th of December. So when we're recording this, the Lads will start arriving tomorrow. Oh, I'm so excited. One at a time. And then one departs each day, beginning on Christmas Day, in the order that they arrived. Thus, each of them stays for 13 days total. Uh And on the Wikipedia page, there's, like, a diagram with, like, the order that they arrive. It's, like, a thing. Like, you know which one is coming each night. I really like this. And which one's leaving. So I'm coming over, um, whatever number spoon licker was, (laughs) licking all your spoons. Now I kind of want to (laughs) look. What night do I need to be here to lick all your spoons? Right. Okay. Icelandic Christmas folklore on the mother source. Wikipedia. Ding. All right, Spoonlicker, which I, there are letters in this, in the Icelandic version that I, I don't recognize, so I'm not okay. going to try and say it in Icelandic. <laughs> Steals and licks wooden spoons. Is extremely thin due to malnutrition. Great, it's me! <laughs> so you should arrive on December 15th. Okay. And you should depart on the 28th of December. Great. Got it. Great. I'll just be licking your spoons all day. Just the wooden ones, apparently. But oh, I guess splinters they, in my... they didn't have wood, uh, metal spoons. Oh, that's fair. Back in the day, maybe. Can I adapt? I guess. I don't know. Anyway, the Yule lads sleep in their cave during summertime and can rarely be seen walking around because they're resting. So uh, hibernation. So, so Grilla is listening all year round, but her 13 sons are just sleeping away. They got to hibernate. They they were busy. Okay, so much licking to do. Yeah. Honestly, that's a lot of calories burned. So nowadays they are generally portrayed as wearing late medieval Icelandic clothing, but are sometimes shown in the costume traditionally worn by Santa Claus, especially at children's events. Okay. So actually in the 20th century, there was a big, like, all of the lads were seen more commercially. Like, they all looked like Santa Clauses. But then the Museum of Iceland kind of brought it back. They're trying to, like, revive or, like, keep the folklore alive. 
So then now you'll see them more in, like, the kind of peasant, you know, garb. I like that. Yeah. All right. But, Emma. Yes? This dysfunctional, sort of monstrous, maybe a little bit cannibalistic family would not be complete without a pet. (gasps) One that, though supposed to be scary, Emma would proudly try to bring home. Yep. Sorry, Matthias and Penny. You're just going to have to deal with it. Yep. All right. And this next bit, this next little quote is from the Reykjavik Grapevine. This beast is a lovable, wholly unholy beast, a sort of proto-fashion police whose impeccable sense of style, in-your-face attitude, and lack of respect for human life terrified Icelanders into stylistic submission in ways that today's anorexia-inducing vogues and cosmopolitans can only dream of. Oh my gosh! Fashion police! Old Icelandic folklore states that every Icelander must receive a new piece of clothing for Christmas or they will find themselves in mortal danger. That is hilarious. An enormous black cat. Yay, a kitty! Prowls Iceland on Christmas Eve and eats anyone who doesn't follow this simple rule. I love it. And then I have another quote from the Reykjavik grapevine because it was just too good. Yes, it devours financially disadvantaged children. This is the kind of message Icelanders like to send out in their folklore. If you do not have the money or means of acquiring new items of clothing before the festival of, the, before the festival of lights, you will be eaten by a gigantic cat. This is one of the reasons that Icelanders clock in more hours of overtime at their jobs than most European nations. To avoid the cat, we stay up sewing or knitting in the olden days. And we stayed up graphic designing and or stock brokering in early 2008. <laughs> I kind of both, I love the idea that a gigantic cat is the one in charge of making sure that y'all got clothing. Mm-hmm. But I also love the like, hey, cat, you're a bit like uh, bigoted if you're thinking that, you know, everybody's going to have the ability yeah. to do this. So like back down. Wow. I'm going to tell you where it comes from. Okay. Although he is believed to have terrified Icelanders since the Dark Ages, written records detailing the murderous feline and its child-eating ways only go back to the 19th century. Yeah. The perception of the Yule Cat, that's what it's called, the Yule Cat, as a man-eating beast was partly popularized by poems of Johannes Ur Klotlum, as with the rest of the folklore. The threat of being eaten by the Yule Cat was used by farmers as an incentive for their workers to finish processing the autumn wool before Christmas. The ones who took part in the work would be rewarded with new clothes, but those who did not would not get anything and thus would be preyed upon by the monstrous cat. So the answer, as it so often is, is capitalism. Dang it. All right. So, we've talked about the whole family lamb. Let's talk about modern views and also some depictions in the media. I'm excited. While some parents merely use these creepy stories to coax their children into good behavior during the holidays, some citizens are more prone to believing. Ooh. And then I got a little paragraph from Vice for you. Quote, 
Belief in mystical beings like Grilla is quite normal in Icelandic culture. As the Atlantic reported in 2013, a 1998 study found that 54% of Icelanders believe that elves and hidden people exist. Icelanders are so concerned with supernatural entities, in fact, that civic development will sometimes take these paranormal entities into account. Most famously, there was an eight-year-long debate between the government, environmentalists, and elf believers spanning from 2007 to 2015, when the construction of a new highway threatened to destroy a 50-ton elf church. Oh no. Naturally, the elves won, and construction workers uprooted the massive rock to appease them. All right. End quote. Apparently, the Yule Lads used to be a lot more creepy than they are today. That makes sense to me. Joining their mother, Brila, and the frightening of children into good behavior. In 1746, a public decree about religious practice and domestic discipline was passed to ban parents from tormenting their kids with monster stories about these particular creatures. Oh my gosh, I love it! Yeah, the government was like... Slow your roll. Please stop traumatizing your children. Imagine America. Impossible. They lose their minds. They're like, don't tell me how to parent my kid. Basically. In the 20th century, as the highly commercial versions of American Santas and Christmas traditions spread across the globe, some have tried to brush aside Grilla for happier, less frightening lore. Yeah. The National Museum of Iceland, however, keeps the old folklore alive, sharing tales about the mythical family, and even have having actors come around dressed as the Yule Lads. Oh my gosh, I love it. And finally, Wikipedia, bringing us a quick roundup of some pop culture inclusions of our creepy Christmas family. Up first... Grilla and the Yule Lads appear as central figures in the 2018 holiday episode of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I didn't know that. The lads terrorize the household, and Grilla attempts to claim a baby from Sabrina's aunt. Ugh. Next up, Extra Credits talks about Grilla, the Yule Lads, and the Yule Cat in an episode of Extra Mythology. A Yule Cat named Yola appears in the 2020 Netflix movie, The Christmas Chronicles 2. Oh, that's the one with Kurt Russell. Yeah. I don't like him. You don't like Kurt Russell? I don't, no, because he feels like a Walmart brand Robin Williams to me. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just remember when I went to see Guardians of the Galaxy in the theater, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and Kurt Russell, like, comes out for the first time, my heart was like... (gasps) Because I, like, thought it was Robin Williams, and oh. I was like, it's definitely not Robin Williams. Got disappointed. And then I was just like... That's fair. That's an emotionally traumatic moment. Yeah. I can get that. Yeah. Uh, the Yule Lads are titular characters of the 10th episode of the second season of the Netflix animated urban fantasy series, Hilda. <laughs> 
They are depicted as Grilla's unwilling servants oh. who seek out naughty children for her to use in her stew for fear of being cooked themselves should they fail. Oh. I mean, she has eaten a husband, so. Allegedly. I mean, Allegedly. But where is he? Well, we could do... You don't know. I don't. What do ogre slash troll bones look like? We... We don't know. He maybe he just disintegrated into boulders, and we'll <gasps> yeah. we'll never find out. But yeah, I don't know. I have pictures. I don't know if you want to see. Them I would love on to see. I would not. love to see at least a picture of the Yule lads, please. All right. Well, I'm just gonna go in order. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. First up, we have a parade thing of the Yule cat. Oh, I love him with the big chompers. Y'all can see this on the Instagram, but this cat has big old teeth and red glowing eyes. And Emma's like, I need to take him home. I love him. Mimi. All right. So this uh, is Rila and her husband at the parade. Yule cat. <laughs> I love it. And these are the Yule lads. Aw, they there look precious. Are. Oh, look, it's me. Spoon liquor. Um, I also like door, where's door sniffer? Door sniffer. Let's see. Doorway sniffers over here. I love it. With his big old nose. I don't like bowl liquor. He's giving me like weird. I still can't get over weird vibes. the idea that he might actually be licking bowls. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Grilla. Okay. But yeah, that's the story of the Yule Lads Woo! and their creepy mom and their big scary cat. And they yeah. sound like a fun family. I was so nervous that we were going to have the same thing. So I, I was I, too. When I saw you last night, I was like, "It's definitely not your episode's definitely not creepy, right?" That's right? why you asked. <laughs> I don't know. I just because it was like I feel like when we get into certain months with like holiday, so like Halloween or like. The winter holidays, I feel like that narrows, you know, because we're trying to be definitely on theme. narrows the so playing field. So I was like, field. oh man, and especially since I I was doing Shannony episodes, it. I mean, I don't know. I had kind of forgotten that you had promised to do that, <laughs> so I didn't like. Happy surprise to you! Whoop whoop whoop. Well, I, when I was thinking uh, about it this morning, I was like, oh, she's probably no, she wouldn't do. She wouldn't do Icelandic Christmas Witch. No. I will say the one that I was... I The Knights Templar for last week was not my first choice because my first choice is actually debunked, which is really annoying. Oh, no. What was it? It is... Who is the actual author of The Night Before Christmas or Twas the Night Before Christmas? Oh. So, of course, the book that everybody reads before mm -hmm. Christmas. But it has been basically debunked that the authorship is unknown. Oh. So. Which is just a bummer, but... I mean, at least it's not debunked like, oh, it's this person. I think you could do it. Next year you could do it. Oh, it's debunked like it's this person. Oh. Yeah. Well, the way you phrased it did not make it sound that way. Oh. No, it's been, it's been debunked as someone came forward and claimed, and then it was basically proven. So. Oh. Oh, well. Yeah. It's all right. But I thought you were going to say the, um, what is it? The do Dovabrek Pass or whatever in the Russia. The Dyatlov Pass? Yeah. Um, that is what Mateus was telling me to do. Um, but it's been solved. 
Has it? Yeah, it has, using technology from Frozen. I know. I read the article, and then I yeah. decided not to do it. <laughs> I was, was like... <laughs> but yeah. Shout out to the algorithm, though, because the Smithsonian article that sent me down this path was... It popped up on my Facebook. And you're like, great, perfect. I was like, cool. This is what I well, needed. Because it was like... This is why the Icelandic Christmas wish is way creepier than Krampus. Because I was going to do Krampus, but then I was like... I was expecting you to do Krampus. I was like, Icelandic Christmas wish, way way more fun. Yeah, she's a lot... I will say, she is creepy, but she's... I think because media on our side has taken Krampus, like, for ourselves and, like, made, like, horror movies out of it... Yeah. ...that I'm, like more creeped out by Krampus, I think, but because I have a visual, whereas I didn't have a visual for this, so I was really delighted by this. Hmm. Also the cat. Yeah. I want the kitty. I want the kitty! I'll just get you, like, a black cat stuffed animal and be like, it's the Yule cat. Yay! (laughs) She only comes out for Christmas. (laughs) Penny would be like, what What is is this? What What is is it? I eat it? For me? me anyway friends if you celebrate have a very merry christmas drive safely use a designated driver yes and if you don't celebrate enjoy the hopefully day off that you get and if not just enjoy the cheer of the season get yourself a little cup of hot chocolate if you like it and go sit and enjoy a holiday movie or something that you feel is a holiday movie because i count I count Die Hard as a, as a holiday movie. I also count Speed as a holiday movie, so go enjoy those. But we love you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, witches. And remember, this podcast doesn't exist. Bing, 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 boom, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> it was so off-key. I was like, what is this remix? <laughs> This episode was researched, co-produced, and marketed by Shannon McCarthy. Co-produced and edited by Emma Kiley. Our theme song was composed and performed by Tom Emsley-Smith. The mailbag theme music was composed by Liam Kiley.